Thank you for this opportunity of being able to come into your homes and into your hearts today. Today is part two um, in our series, Before I Can Move Forward. That's important. And I really believe that, that this message today will continue to uh, be a great blessing to you. You know, in all my years of pastoring, I have never ever experienced such emotional explosion that's going on all around us. And that's concerning to me. And I believe that because of that, in my time of prayer for you, I have really sensed the depth of the emotional challenges that you're going through. As I said last week, the, the more I pray for you, the more I realize that three specific areas kept coming up in my heart to continue to stand with you and pray with you about. And that was anger, bitterness, and resentment. Last week we talked about anger, and today we're going to be talking about bitterness. And my concern for you who are feeling very much overwhelmed in your emotions and who are dealing with discontent, my concern is that as our communities begin to open up, that I would hate to see you be closed, your heart be unprepared, not ready for the wonderful uh, new season that God has in store for us. And I really believe that it's important that, that your heart and your soul is healthier than ever with great expectation of what God desires to do. And I know that, that when we are dealing with these overwhelming emotions, when we're dealing with these overwhelming uh, areas of discontent in our lives, it's hard to be ready to go with God's plan. And we, it's so limiting and we feel stuck in so many ways. And I totally understand that we have so much work to do as a nation, as, our, as churches, in relationships. But I want us to be able to do that hard work with a heart that's free, a heart that's not bound by anger, bitterness, or resentment. Because I really believe that God's plan and purpose desires to be fulfilled in all of our lives. So this is exciting. I, I, I love the quote that I recently heard from uh, Devin Fry. Devin Fry is the youth, uh, young adult pastor from Connect Church in uh, Ashland, Massachusetts. What an amazing gift he is. He said this recently. I, I thought it was powerful. He said, what if 2020 was not the worst year of your life? What if it was the year that set you up for the best years of your life? That's the point. That's what's in my heart. That's well said. Uh, shout out to Devin. Good job on that uh, quote here today because I really believe that this is, this, is, this is God's plan. This is God's purpose. Moving forward, opening up, relying on God and His will and His word to have great uh, freedom in our lives. Last week we talked about breaking free from anger. Uh, today I want to talk to you about breaking free from bitterness. It's a powerful message. It's a strong message, but it's a message of liberty and freedom. It's a message that I believe will help you in every way possible. Um, I'm amazed by how many good people, good people are stuck in a place of bitterness. I'm, I'm always amazed by, how, they're not bad people. These are good folks that have been hurt or good folks that have been emotionally overwhelmed or good folks that have been uh, involved in some kind of discontent in their lives or hurt or offense in their lives. And I really believe that, that when we can address the issue and no longer 
be bound by bitterness. Man, life will change uh, in amazing ways for each one of us today. I've noticed over the years there's three varieties of bitter people. Uh, the first variety is, is I call the porcupines. Um, these individuals are very prickly and very difficult to, to get close to. And anytime you try to get close to them, it never fails. You always get hurt. And then there's the second variety, which are the icebergs. And man, on the surface, right, everything looks so good and, and normal. Uh, but the closer you get again, the more you realize that the challenge of their life is really right under the surface. And the part that can hurt you is so close to the surface, it's right at the, at the edge of, of what's going on in their lives. And then the third variety um, are, I call, crybabies. These individuals, man, they whine and complain about everything. They've got something to complain about. They're always blaming somebody. And man, they wear you out. There's no doubt about it. You can't wait for these people to go to sleep so you can have some peace and quiet. Well, maybe you know some people like that. Maybe you know some porcupines and you know some crybabies and you know some icebergs. Or even yet, maybe, I hate to say it, maybe you might be a porcupine or an iceberg or a crybaby. Well, no matter what variety we find ourselves in, God's Word has something to say that will absolutely help us overcome in, in these areas of our lives. God wants us free from bitterness. And right off the bat, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let's get into this and let's begin to understand uh, God's Word and what He has to say about this very important subject. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, we'll start at verse 31. It says this in the New Living Translation. It says, get rid of all bitterness. Right away, that's a powerful statement. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Wow. Here the Apostle Paul is, is, is instructing us to get rid of all bitterness. And he's in telling us that, that we need to really understand how we need to do that and what is God's plan and purpose uh, to help us get set free in these areas. So before we begin discussing um, this important subject and how to get rid of bitterness and, and what we're going to do with it, let, let me give you our big takeaway for today because I believe this takeaway will bring us some good focus today. Our big takeaway is the key to living free must be what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, not what others have done to us. Let me say that again. The key to living free must be what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, not what others have done to us. And we need to unpack that so that we can really understand the importance of this statement and all that Jesus has done for us. Why is this so important? Why is this so crucial for being set free and unstuck from bitterness? Well, because nobody makes us bitter. Bitterness is a choice. We choose to respond to painful events in our lives in a bitter way. That's so important that we understand no one can make me bitter. No one can make you bitter. It's a response. 
It's what we do with our heart. It's what, what we open ourselves up to. It's a choice that we make. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness and be kind and tenderhearted and compassionate to one another. Therefore, bitterness must go. But before it can be removed, listen, it is necessary to know what it is and that it is there in our lives. See, it's relatively easy to spot someone else who's bitter, but it's not so easy all the time to determine and detect bitterness in your own heart. It's easy to point the finger. It's easy to say that person's bitter. It's easy to say that person's discontent, but it's so much harder to recognize it in your own life. And so it's important that we understand this particular aspect about bitterness it's, it's important that we have a, a good Bible understanding. Let's, uh, let's suppose a few things. Let me give you a few examples as we are building our case uh, for bitterness. Let's suppose that a Christian commits a sin. Let's say that this Christian lies. Um, and now, because he's told a lie, how does he feel? Does he feel guilty or does he feel bitter? Well, obviously, the answer is he feels guilty. When we sin, we feel guilty. It's straightforward. Now, let's suppose that someone uh, tells a lie about this same Christian and spreads it all around town. What does he feel now? Does he feel guilt or does he feel bitter? Well, uh, the answer is obvious. He feels bitter. And so guilt is what we feel when we sin and bitterness is what we feel when others sin against us. That's very important to understand the difference between guilt and bitterness. I believe that really gives us a great picture of what we're dealing with here because guilt is what we feel when we sin and the important thing you need to understand today is bitterness is what we feel when others sin against us. For instance, if something terrible and tragic happens in some far away part of the world and it's, it's something that is, is terrible, what do we do? Well, we read it and we read about it. We're probably astonished and, 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 and sad to hear about it. But when we read something that's happened so far away, do we feel guilty about it? Do we feel, um, you know, bitter about it? No. Not necessarily. We might feel like, wow, can't believe that happened. Can't, that's, that's, that's terrible that that took place um, and that somebody actually committed it. See, bitterness does not depend on how great the evil is. It depends on how close the other person is to you. Wow. See, this is really how we identify bitterness, where it comes from. It doesn't depend upon how great the evil is, just how close the other person is to you. Bitterness is related to those people who are close. And so who are the likely candidates? Well, the answers go on and on, right? Moms, dads, children, uncles, aunts, grandparents, uh, right? In-laws, children, pastors, boyfriends, girlfriends, roommates, immediate superiors, uh, immediate subordinates, co-workers, business partners, right? The list goes on and on who are likely candidates uh, in this situation. Bitterness is based upon the sin of someone else who is close to you. 
And who did something to us? It might be minor. It doesn't have to be great. It just has to be close. So listen very carefully. Whether the offense is minor or major, the Bible does not grant anyone the right to be bitter. Our opening verse says, get rid of all bitterness. That's very important. We don't have the right to be bitter. I know it's tough not to be, but if we're going to do this God's way, if we're going to do this as children of God, if we're going to do this to move forward in God's plan for our lives, then we need to do this in a Bible way. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15 says this, Look after each other so none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Now listen very carefully. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Now that last part, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Another translation in the message uh, translation message paraphrase, it says, keep a sharp eye out for weeds of bitter discontent. Oh my goodness, bitter discontent. Here it describes bitterness as a root. And a root is something that's underground and cannot be seen. But there, there can be visible evidence of the presence of those roots, right? Sometimes the, the sidewalk heaves up or the, the driveway cracks. Even though the tree is somewhere else in the yard, uh, the roots begin to spread and, and we begin to see the evidence that there are roots underground. Roots do other things. See, the, the fact that you can't see the roots does not mean they're not there. Neither does it mean that you'll never see them because roots drink up what the water and the nourishment and, and, and so forth and they begin to grow and they don't stay roots. Eventually, they come up. So the fruit that is born bears a direct relation to the root producing it. That's important. The roots of an apple tree provide us with apples. If there is a bitter root, it will bear bitter fruit. That's important you understand that. Um, If there is a bitter root, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. Just like if there are are, are, uh, apple tree and it has roots to produce apples, it's just a matter of time, right? Before the apples will show up. Well, it's no different when it comes to bitterness. It's no accident that God uses this imagery of roots to describe this particular sin because it has a way of creeping into our hearts. Bitterness has such an evil tendency to creep in and weasel its way in to our hearts. Bitterness isn't one of those big flashy sins um, that you can see growing on the surface and, and it's so explosive and And it may not show off like anger or um, produce big old hunks of rotten fruit like disobedience. All those are the obvious um, uh, sins that we see so clearly around us. And so it, it may not show itself that way, but bitterness is a sleeper sin. And it grows beneath the surface and deep down in the soil of our hearts. And that's important that you understand that it kind of sneaks around and it's not the obvious uh, out there. Um, 
But the author here is warning us in Hebrews, and it's clear that the bitter root will one day sprout, and when it does, it will trouble you, and it will corrupt many. The other words, in other words, if that bitter root keeps growing, man, there's going to be a harvest of pain for you and the people in your world. So that's why when you finally know that there's bitterness in your heart, man, you are motivated to not only deal with it for yourself, but you have to understand how it affects so many others in your life. And because bitterness is one of those weedy sins that kind of burrows in our hearts first, we, listen, we just can't cut it off by stopping the behaviors that bitterness causes. See, some people think, well, if I just stop being angry, it'll be okay. If I just stop speaking harsh words, it'll be okay. If, if I stop slandering, it'll be okay. If I, if I you know, stop all the types of evil behavior that go along with it, it'll be okay. But, but that's not the case here. You know, you just can't get rid of and stop the, the symptoms of it or what causes it and thinking that the bitterness will go away. No, the root system is still in there. And we need the Lord's help to yank out those roots. The roots have to come out. It doesn't, it's not enough just to stop being angry or stop gossiping or stop lying or those kinds of things. And here's what James chapter 3 says. So important. It says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, it's in quotes, such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. <laughs> I mean, the Bible is making it plain here, isn't it? For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. See, bitterness accumulates. That's what you understand this. Please, please get this part. Unless there is a solution to it, People don't get less bitter with maturity. Now, there are certain sins in our lives, certain attitudes, certain things that aren't the best for us, um, that are unscriptural, that we just grow out of, right? We, we walk in love more now. The Word of God means something to us. We're being transformed and being renewed in our mind. And when that happens, guess what? Uh, many immature, sinful things begin to fall along the wayside. We realize, man, I, I can't be doing that anymore. And so with maturity and growing up in Christ, um, being transformed in a renewing of our mind, certain things will absolutely stop. But with bitterness, it just gets worse over the years. It accumulates. Unattended, it just gets worse and worse and worse. Bitterness piles up. That's why you have to understand this. That's why we have to yank this thing up by its roots. And if you harbor bitter envy, the Bible says evil practices will result. It doesn't come from heaven, right? Uh, it comes straight from the pit of hell. It's from the devil. And every evil practice results from this attitude. And it should be obvious, man, we, we have a real problem on our hands. So how do we get rid of it? Let's get to the, some solutions today. How do we get rid of it? Before we can get rid of it, we have to realize something very important. First of all, that we are bitter. And how can we tell if we are bitter? Well, with so much on the line, it is wise that we ask ourselves, Am I bitter? You just need to look at yourself in a mirror or sit across from an honest friend, um, be in the presence of God and ask yourself, am I 
bitter. Since bitterness is a sleeper sin, the answer isn't always obvious. And so here are four questions to help you spot a bitter root. Question number one, you need to ask yourself, am I replaying the tapes? Am I replaying the tapes? Bitterness remembers details. Oh my goodness. And, and you've had thousands of conversations, right? And details you totally don't remember anymore. But this one took place five years, 10 years, 15 years ago. And you remember every single word. You remember his intonation and, and her inflection in the part of your voice, their voice. And you knew where you were and you knew where the sun was and you knew the birds were chirping on the, on the windowsill and so forth. And you know exactly what happened. And the key here is you keep replaying this over and over again. You should see this as a red flag. that Something is off in your heart if you keep replaying these conversations, these opportunities over and over again. The second question you should ask yourself is, is my mouth out of control? Is my mouth out of control? Because usually when there's bitterness in your heart, your mouth exposes what's already in your heart. Romans 3.14 says, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. There's a connection between the junk, listen, that comes out of your mouth and the bitterness that tends to take roots inside of your heart. Do you find yourself losing your cool? Are you critical and snappy and sassy and rude and full of discontent? And maybe the sins you are committing with your mouth, listen, uh, simply are an extension of the bitterness that's growing inside of your heart. If you are trying to deal uh, with the, the way you speak and gaining no ground. Man, it just seems like in the right place, somebody presses the right buttons in the right setting. There you go again. It's possible that you need to dig deeper and yank that bitter root out of your life. A third question you need to ask yourself, am I sick? Wow, am I sick? That's important. I'm not suggesting that everybody who deals with reoccurring sickness and disease is bitter. Absolutely not. But scientists have definitely concluded that bitterness, if left unchecked, interferes with our body's hormonal and immune system, causing bitter people to become, to have more related diseases and illnesses than others. It can be a root. It can be a sign that bitterness is in your heart. And so our fourth and final question is, is my clan bitter? Wow. Is my clan bitter? What do I mean by that? Well, uh, the bitter root in Hebrews 12, 15 is, was described first in Deuteronomy 29, 18. Let's read it. Deuteronomy 29, 18 says, I am making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe, will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations. And so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. Now, look at the progression there. Look what it says. Like all weeds, bitterness has a way of what? Spreading. This passage describes one possible progression. A man infects his wife. She infects her children. And the bitterness spreads and soon the whole tribe 
is infected. Wow, think about that. Is your marriage marked by bitterness? Are, are your children bitter? Does your group of friends um, have such discontent that they tend to sit around and, and gripe and complain? Um, is your community prone to placing blame? Is, is there um, harsh and angry people in the church? Well, it is possible that your own bitterness has a ripple effect and that the poisonous root has burrowed past your own heart and into the hearts of the people around you. That's why it's so important that you're careful with your friends and what you're hanging out with. Because when your friends are bitter, it could take one friend to, bitter, to make bitter a group of people, one discontent or one falsity or one lie or one something taken out of context. And what happens is before you know it, man, there's bitterness in our hearts and this thing begins to spread. Amen. Caution. See, we fool ourselves into thinking no one will know, but anger and resentment have a way of seeping into everything. And resentment is like that beach ball. You know, in our pool, in our backyard, uh, our grandchildren come over often and, and they'll, I see them often take the beach ball, right, and push it down into the water and then let it go and that thing, boop, pops right back up and you'd be surprised how high it pops up and then what splashes everyone around you. See, that's like bitterness. That's exactly what bitterness does. Even though we have the valiant effort to suppress it, a valiant effort to stop it in our own ability, right? But it pops up and it affects everyone around us. Why is it so hard to get rid of bitterness? If I tell a lie, I have to first acknowledge it, right? We need to do the same with bitterness. And instead, the temptation is to look at the offender and look at what he said or she did. That is the nature of bitterness. Listen very carefully. In order to eradicate bitterness, I need to recognize it is my problem before I can acknowledge it and forsake it. Wow. See, the bitter person must first recognize that he or she is bitter. Right. And secondly, that it's a gross evil, according to the word of God. And again, the reason people do do not deal with their, this sin is they they think that it's the other person's sin. And here's what they say. Well, if he'll just quit lying, I'll be better. Right. If, if he just quits doing that or if she just finally says she's sorry. Uh, after all, I have a right to be bitter. And if they'll just acknowledge what they did to me. And so we blame the other person. We point the finger at somebody else. If they'll just make the first move, then I'll be better. It's not it at all. Suppose she doesn't quit. Suppose he doesn't quit. Are you going to be bitter the rest of your life because somebody insists on going on with their sin? That does not make any sense to me at all. See, in order to eradicate bitterness, I need to re recognize it is my problem before I can acknowledge it and forsake it. I have to see it as evil and that it is my sin and my sin alone. I do not eradicate it through the other person saying they're sorry. I don't eradicate it when the other person quits or even dies, right? I do not eradicate it any other way except calling it for what it is, a sin against a holy God. Acknowledge it, right? Repent from it and receive forgiveness and choose to be better 
every single day. You have a choice every day. You're going to be bitter. You're going to be better. And you know my story. Vern and I, our story from the very beginning before IFC started, we had to deal with a, a situation and we had to make a choice to be bitter or to be better. My dad gave me that great advice and I'm so glad we chose better. I don't know if IFC maybe would have even started, but if it maybe would have and we would have started with a lot of bitterness in our hearts. And thank God every day we can choose to be better. One last thought in closing. Living free from bitterness. Living free from bitterness comes by focusing on what we do have, not on what we don't have. That's very important. Bitterness is really learning how to focus on what we do have, not on what we don't have. See, bitterness thrives on focusing on what we no longer have. I'll never get back those years. I don't have the memories other people have. I'll never get back my innocence. I'll never get back and have my peace and joy again. I don't have the friends I once had. And so that's what traps bitterness is when we focus on what we don't have. Living fully free comes by focusing on what we do have. I do have a God that loves me. I have Jesus who died and rose again for me. I have a certainty of a new life in Christ. I, I have healing and restoration. I, I have a, a God's promise of an expected end that's good and perfect plan that God has for me. You see the point. The point is we have to focus on what we do have. And let's go back to our big takeaway again. Let's read that big takeaway because it really fits perfectly here. At the key of living fully free must be what Jesus Christ has done for us. On the cross, not what others have done to us. I'm sorry for what they did to you. It's wrong what they did and what they said. No doubt. Um, uh, all of us, myself included, every one of us human beings have had things said to us, about us, have things done to us. But that's what we have to focus on. And I want you to really key in on today of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. You're free and you're whole and you're well and you're strong. And, and when you know that, man, with God's help, we can take authority over that root of bitterness in our heart and eradicate it and remove it today in the name of Jesus. Listen very carefully as I close. Understand that, that, what, what we, that we are to forgive because we've been forgiven. Those who have done things to you, those who have lied about you or spread rumors about you or, or their general discontent has, has run, you know, overlapped into your life. And many things have happened from abuse to anger and, 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 and prejudice and bigotry and racism. And the list goes on and on of things that have happened to us. But that because the fact that we have been forgiven, we must be able to, and we can, with God's help, forgive. God forgives and forgets sin. However, sometimes we can do our very best at doing it, and it's so hard for us to let it go. And God can empower you to forgive and help cleanse your memory. Instead of remembering with malice and hurt, we can remember with forgiveness. Amen. And then go one step further and ask God to forgive your offender. That's so important because by forgiving 
and asking God to forgive your offender. Listen, you release God to not only bless you, but to bless the other person. And here's one last thing I'm going to ask you to do. This is really difficult. It's been hard for me to do over the years. Is then to pray for those who have hurt you. Pray for those. I know that's hard. And I know that's difficult to actually really bless somebody who has done something to you that's been very painful, that has hurt your heart, or, or lied about you, or, or, or said things that were just totally taken out of context. Let me tell you something what happens. When you begin to pray for your offender, it keeps your heart open. And it keeps your heart in a place where your heart can now become tender and open. It changes everything when you begin to pray for the one who's hurt you. It opens the door of your heart a little wider each time you pray. And so that God can come in and breathe on our hardened heart and melt uh, the icy resentment that might be in there because of what somebody has done. Oh, I, I just pray you've heard my heart today. I just pray that you heard the, the wisdom and, the, and the, the, the truth of God's word. I believe it's so practical today that will help you eradicate the root of the bitterness because this is a root that must be dealt with strongly and aggressively because it'll continue to hurt you and, and a multitude of people around you today. Let me pray for you. I really pray in Jesus' name that, that your heart is open and I pray that you listen very carefully to what the Spirit of God has said. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person listening to this message today and those that will listen to this message at a later time. I pray, Father God, that we recognize that we must own the bitterness in our heart. It's, it's mine and mine alone, my responsibility to say, yes, I am bitter. And yes, I need your help, my Father, to eradicate and rip out the root of bitterness in my life. I don't want my life to be in turmoil any longer. I don't want to take at risk anybody else in my life, in my family, my circle of friends. Oh, Father, forgive me for, for opening this door. I don't want to be a bitter person anymore. And so, Father, I thank you for helping us by your Spirit today, right now, We'll be in the process, Lord, to say, I am done being a bitter person. I, I reject bitterness in my heart. And I thank you by the power of God and by the power of prayer to eradicate and remove and jerk out the root of bitterness in my life today and begin to forgive and begin to pray and to begin to believe, Lord, that your word softens our heart and sets us free in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for listening to this message of breaking free from anger last week. I encourage you to go back and listen to that and breaking free from bitterness today. I pray that your heart is open because Jesus wants to live inside of your heart. I pray today that you'll open up your heart and I, I pray that you allow Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He wants to forgive you from your sins. He wants to give you the assurance that heaven is your home, that eternal life belongs to you, that you can start a brand new life and start fresh and new and become a new creation in Christ. Amen. Working from the inside out, being all that God wants you to be. I pray you'll pray this prayer with me today. If you don't know Jesus and, or you need to recommit your life to Christ today, pray this simple prayer with me. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. Forgive me for my sin.
I open up my heart to you. I declare you as my Lord, my Savior. I come up under your Lordship. I denounce my past. I want to live for you, Jesus. I receive by faith forgiveness, eternal life, a brand new beginning in Jesus' name. Thank you for setting me free today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you. We love you. Look forward to seeing you soon. We pray for you all the time. God bless you. Stay in touch with others, please. Stay connected because that's where we are the strongest. God bless you.